This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by our patrons. You can support the show like them at patreon.com slash the tome show. Welcome to the Tome Book Club for December of 2022. The Tome is a D&D news reviews and interviews show, and I'm your Tome host, Tracy Hurley. And I'm Jeff Greiner. In each book club episode, we discuss one D&D-related book, Spoilers Be Damned, in full book club style, and our book this time around is Dragons of Deceit by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. And with us, as always, is Eric Paquette. Oh, bonjour. How are you guys doing? I'm tired, but it's finals week, and I anticipate having a different kind of exhaustion uh, as the holidays roll through. Yeah, same, similar. Not finals, but other stuff. Yeah. So next episode, when hopefully we aren't as tired, uh, we'll record towards (laughs) the end of January. (laughs) And we'll be reading Empire of Exiles by Aaron M. Evans. And the reason I laughed a little bit is that our script has November, so I don't think you guys want to wait a whole year to get another book club. Technically, I think February, um, since we are recording now in December, so I think let's aim February. All right, sounds good. And and then that'll, that means we'll be wrapping that up just in time for when the uh, D&D movie books, uh, tie-in books, are released and we can read one of those. Okay, so before we get started, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons that help us pay the bills. Uh, you can help out yourself by going to patreon.com slash the tome show and offering as little as a dollar a month. Now let's talk about Dragons of Deceit. What's this book about? I thought we already read this book. Oh, no. We only read like the last third of this book. The, the first two thirds are completely different books. Completely different. Totally different time period. <laughs> oh, well, totally different events. Yeah, so that's nothing, an interesting thing, right? Um, nothing's the same. We talked about this a little bit when we did our surprise round uh, review of the new Dragonlance Adventure. That they've done this, um, they made this interesting choice to, to at least partially overlap with existing War of the Lance continuity. Um, which is interesting because the Dragonlance setting has like moved beyond that ages ago, right? They, they've gone into whole other ages. It's been, you know, all those characters were dead and gone and telling stories with new characters and what have you. Um, and now in 2022, we're going back to the original time period. Um, yeah. And it was an interesting part in that discussion too, because uh, some of the stuff I brought up about how like the main character was upset because she wasn't going to be able to come at night and people were like what well, women could become knights and it was all stuff it was mostly all stuff after this point in time right. that like, the character exists in that where all of that happened so yeah. yes <laughs> yeah no it's, and it's it's interesting well and and i say that it overlaps because un- like while the adventure um that was put out just takes place within the War of the Lands. This book starts before the War of the Lands, but actually most of the action, at least the last two, two-thirds or so, takes place 
not not, not only after the War of the Lance, but after the Legends um, yep. trilogy that Tracy hasn't read. Uh, so it'll be an interesting conversation to see how much you got out of a lot of that conversation, a lot of the events, when you didn't have the frame of reference for um, the device of time journeying and what's going on with the Majer brothers. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And... But we do a, a, a decent, I think. Tracy will be able to cor correct me if you are based on your understanding, but I found that he did a, a decent summary of what happened, at least to Raceland and Caramon, where they are right now to place them when they, those two are introduced. Well, when Caramon is introduced, because Raceland has now is gone. Yeah, I never felt at any point that I was missing information in order to understand the story where it was. Uh, and because I hadn't read everything else, but only the thing that the overlap part, <laughs> it was kind of very trippy, though, as well. Right. Um, dealing with like, particularly at the beginning when I'm like, these things all sound very familiar, but I it's been long enough that I don't remember them. They're not going to call back to me. I'm not a lore master when it comes to this stuff. So sure. I was like, this all feels like I've read it, like I've been here. And then it turns out that I was there. I just couldn't remember the exact names and things like that. And then right. it was like, okay. And then we went even, we went back to the first book. Is that correct? Yeah. It was, a, yeah. At one point, you do go back in the first book. To start, where, when the friends oh, all meet. Yes, they did. And, and, and huge spoilers, because this is the end. Right. And we're no. going to talk about this weirdly, but the whole book's kind of weird because it has time travel. Right. <laughs> there, there's time but basically, in summary, this is a story of Destina working over her grief of losing her dad. Yes. Of losing her dad during the war. It is. trying to fix that. <laughs> it is, so, yeah, it is astounding to me. Um, so, yeah, so so let's... Let's go a little bit more in order here. Uh, the, <laughs> the book starts pre-War of the Lands, and and there's like I don't know. I felt like at least a quarter to a third of the of the beginning of the book was really the the intro. It was sort of the prologue uh, to the actual story of just getting to know Destina, uh, who just absolutely loves and adores her father. And wants to become a knight of Salamia like he is, but that's not going to be allowed because she's not a man. Um, and, and he then, as as she sort of grows up, he goes off to fight at the High Claris Tower, which we know that story from um, the original trilogy. Uh, he's killed at the High Claris Tower, and she goes through this significant sort of period of grief where she kind of takes over the estate for a while. Um, and then um, she loses the estate because of some legal shenanigans with a, was it cousin or something, something like that? Yeah, basically the, she wasn't, um, because of the way the estate was originally formed and the right. culture of the land, she wouldn't have been able to take it over. Her father went and tried to write the will so that she could have it. And then, and made sure that his brother, who would be the heir otherwise, knows that. And then, of course, the um, w uh, 
uh, army invades, everything burns, including the will. The um, brother had also been at the, the thing where her father dies and was sick the whole time. And then it's her cousin who doesn't care, has a wife that just wants to be whatever, you know, she's she can legally get, they'll get. And so she gets stripped of the house and lands. Right. And meanwhile, her mother just sort of leaves. Um, yeah, and that was... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, as I say, I, I found... I found the relationship between the daughter and the mother to be particularly off-putting, mostly putting me off of the daughter. Like, I did not like the main character of the story for most of the book, mostly because I was angry at how horrible she was to her mom. And But then at the same time, like, dad didn't seem to help the situation at all. Right, so part of the story was, like, at the beginning, it felt like it was, like, we were finally going to get, this is what patriarchy is, right. and this is what it is like for some women who live in patriarchy, and, and maybe people can kind of understand it, and we can move beyond that, mm -hmm. and then that kind of got sideswiped with the whole, with everything else that happened, but also the other part was, so Knights of Slamia often, it, I mean, it was even set up that the people in Slamia, I think, if I recall correctly, like blue eyes and and skin tones. And then her mom is from a different place right. and has a different culture and a different way of viewing the world. And it tends to be a little more um, tied into nature or omens and things like this. And yes. it was kind of like the outright text sometimes was very negative towards that, or at least totally did not try to understand it. There was no attempt to really put these two cultures in touch with each other or, right. or help them grow together. Well, and, so, and, and Destina had fully bought into the Salomnic sort of tradition yeah. and culture and whatever. And dad supported that and encouraged that to the point of being openly dis like, it's not even like I grew up in, in a, in a household with two cultures. Right. Uh, and, and it's, and it's extra, like there's other sort of overtones to all of that because not only is mom from another culture uh my memory i'm not i'm not a master of of dragonlance lore myself but my understanding my my remembering is that she's from urgoth and urgoth is sort of where you have your dark-skinned um you know african style uh or, or type of, of sort of appearance people yeah so there was yeah, this like dramatic disrespecting of the African analog uh, of Crin. And that's how it felt. And, yeah. and he is the dad. And that in some ways was more supportive, though, because he did try to say, like, she just has her own way. I value what she brings. But nobody else seemed to, and particularly the daughter. And the daughter, like, had, my under if I recall correctly, like, the description of the daughter is she carried some of those traits. So it's not like sure. she, <laughs> she just looks like typical salamna right. person um and and everything and and it was weird because once the uh cousin takes over because once the father dies she decides to uh become a cleric of and i'm forgetting the name of the god but it's the i think the nature more nature god right um and then she just ups and leaves right right yeah <laughs> no the, 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 right well and, and like those on one hand like Every element of that relationship, to me, not only did I 
significantly dislike it, but it all it, it felt disingenuous. It felt unrealistic. It felt like like they were moving pieces to serve a, a, a story point and not trying to understand or not trying to depict like an actual real relationship that people have. You know, because well, well, the, it has the, to include certain types of things in their story, but Right. I like I don't know. I but that's how it felt to me. I'm not saying yeah. that's what happened, but it definitely felt like these were the notes we were given. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell the story we want to tell and these notes don't serve that story. So moving right. on. But, but yeah, no, I mean and you're not wrong that like dad was like, you know, she's different, it's a different culture, blah blah blah, whatever. But at the same time, like dad didn't correct her. No. Dad, dad didn't tell Destina to knock it off and grow up. Uh, you know, he, he, he sort of just enabled it and allowed it, you know, uh, it almost felt like dad was making excuses for, oh, you have to understand, you know, it's okay that I fell in love with this person and, and married them and whatever, because of that. Like, I almost felt like dad was defending his choice to be married to this woman that, that rather than, you know, telling his daughter to grow up, it, it, it's, it, it affected my perception and my ability to like the main character through the entire book uh constantly through the book i'm like she is a a a horrible immature person who is not open to understanding other people and i saw every single moment of the rest of the book through that lens right every every book comes every sorry every part of the book with her is about her and whatever she wants and that was a really hard part for me because i was like hey like, up until the point where there's, like, some of that, I was like, maybe she's just a character. Characters have to have a growth pattern. Right. Maybe this is her. She's going to grow throughout the book for this. And it's nice to finally see a character that questions, like, a lot more in a way that I think is more similar to how women, like, women today question some things. Mm-hmm. Or, or girls. Like, it was like, hey, like, maybe she can prove, like, maybe she wait now we're showing everyone that women couldn't really become knights very easily at this time okay she's not gonna get a dream but she'll be able to be the lady of the manor maybe she can really show like she does something cool and and helps change the culture and instead what we get is someone who now decides that she has to go back in time and save her father right in a, in a world of of D where we absolutely know for a fact that like resurrection magic exists her solution to my dad died at the High Clarus Tower is time travel. <laughs> right. And it's nothing about like her growth or anything right now. And no. I know there's more novels, but it's it's all in service of this really again right. going yeah. back to this relationship to a male character. And, yeah, I agree. I mean I yeah, I didn't like this Tina. I mean, she is the protagonist of the story because she is the one that is moving the story along and everything's happening because of her. I don't see her as a heroic character. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Like, once once she got kicked out of the estate and started her actual, the actual adventure of the story, like, there was a lot of parts of the story I enjoyed. But at no point in time did I like her as a person. Right. And honestly, if she fell off a cliff and died at, at the beginning of the next book... I would probably enjoy it more for it. <laughs> so, um, some of the things I did like were the um, the mother taking 
a leadership role while her father was at um, the 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 high tower to because they did get attacked by um, mm-hmm. part of the army, and even Destina had a role to play in terms of saving somebody's life, which was was cool ish. Mm-hmm. And then um, to to be able to get that introduction to the just destruction that can happen when the dragon flew through mm-hmm. uh, and the idea and her mother had been um, at some point ends up suggesting that they should befriend one of the, the good dragons and does get a dragon in the area to help out with stuff I mean mom uh, over and over again shows herself worthy of respect yeah, and over and over again doesn't get it right <laughs> you can't blame her for leaving oh I mean so, so there's a little bit of me that can right because still our kid right but but you know oh we lost the estate all right peace i'm going home to ergoth you know you you go ahead and live your life teenage girl i was kind of hoping the mom would have the story would have heard of what this was doing and showed up later on like like act three of the story and to go hey and just knock some sense into destino mm-hmm. or something like that and I was kind of hoping that we didn't, we don't get that. We don't get that. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And there's a part of me that like, there's a part of me that would still kind of hope that we might see her pop up in a later book, but they, now they've time traveled. So I don't know that going back and seeing mom is even an option anymore. Yeah. And so I guess we should eventually talk. So the time travel thing is that after, her dad passes away. She ends up in the library. She finds a book. I forget the name of the character that wrote it. Huma? Oh, Huma Dragonbane, yeah. Yeah, like, from, and then I think it's the one that talks about time travel in it and it, the discussions it men- they had yeah, about it. It mentions this artifact, this device of time journeying. Um, and so she gets it in her head that that's how she's going to save her dad and looks into zero other options. Um, yeah, and even, even after people tell her, like, that's really not a good idea. Yeah, no. Many like, people your dad would mu- not recognize you right now and would not be happy with you. Many, with many people you much smarter than her told her how bad of an idea it was, but she's what, not a smart It's a bad idea, and also the fact that, uh, I don't know if it's mentioned later or a bit later, but you mentioned the fact that humans, even if they use device temperatures, they can only look, they cannot change anything. Yeah, they need a chaos agent. And guess who is a great chaos agent? That's a help Burfoot. <laughs> well, so, but she needs she needs chaos, and thus the first place that she goes isn't to, to find Tash. She goes to find the Great Gem, which is, is the prison of, like, the entity of chaos itself that all of the gods imprisoned. Um, you know, so she... Yeah, she why not? She has got, like, I'm thinking about this in terms of, like, if this is my D&D campaign and somebody comes at me like, I have this goal to save my dad. To do it, I need two, like, legendary artifacts uh, forged by the gods themselves. So my, my response is going to be, that, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> We're probably but not going to tell that story. Yeah. Right. And she does it in, like, book one. Um <laughs> Yes, not only does she end up finding the Greystone, she ends up finding, um, accidentally, 
Sorry. Griffos and uh, with the Dargar clan? Dwarves? Dargar? Or... Oh, well, it's it's the, the, the what is it? Faywar is the name of the, of the Dwarven clan. I don't know if they're the Dragonlance equivalent to Dargar or not, but... I, I do remember when I was reading the book, for a while I, I thought it was mm-hmm. Dargar. After a while, I realized, oh no, there's one letter difference. Instead of a U, it's an A. Mm. So, so like, okay, so right, yeah, yeah. So, so I I enjoy exploring dwarf culture for whatever reason. Um, Dragonlance dwarf culture strikes me a little bit less interesting than some others, but I still enjoyed going in and and dealing with dwarven society a little bit. Um, you know, definitely my sense of nostalgia enjoyed going back to the end of the last home and meeting, you know, uh, uh, was it Tika and Karaman and, um, and Taz after the, the events of the Legends, um, series, um, and a baby and a baby, a a second, a baby and 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 a toddler or whatever as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed those trips. I, I, at no point, I, I, I liked the dragon character. Uh, I enjoyed the, the random running into what the, there was the priest up in, in, um, uh, the city, uh, um, whose name escapes me at the moment. I don't know. I want to say it starts with a P, but the big Salamic city, um, how does Maybe. The city from Pal- the, the, the cleric in Palantis? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I enjoyed that character. I enjoyed the, the dwarven character that was sort of the, the guide through the, the dwarven society. Um, I enjoyed, I mean, Taz is always sort of entertaining. I enjoyed the shenanigans of Taz being charmed or whatever and then just accepting it. <laughs> no big deal and we should probably talk about that because like she did not intend for any of this to happen but right. she she somehow got a friendship ring and she decided to use that on on taz which she thought made him happy and to, to talk to her and stuff although he probably would have talked to her anyway uh but at some point the ring ends up from her finger onto his and that means in Kender that they're made. Right. So then even when the the charm or whatever wears off, like he's Taz and he's married now, so it doesn't matter. You know, um, I'll go ahead and do anything for her. Because she also had a, a magic item that changed her, her race. So yes. she was a Kinder. Yeah. yeah. She appeared to be Kinder, kinder and then... Uh, the dragon even has this whole the good dragon, and I'm forgetting his name was had this whole yeah. thing where it's like you gotta tell him the truth. And yeah, we were like, originally gonna trying. record this like a month ago, so I, it's been a while since I listened to it. But yeah, yeah. And she's like, I'm trying, and but he doesn't believe me. And then they go on this whole thing, and he really does still think she can't change back to human for I think most of it, if all of it. And they're just married, and so the reason that they travel back in time is not to go save her father, but it's so he can introduce her to all of the friends when they are right. still living. Yes. And and 
and so they go back to the to the beginning of the first book at the end of the last home when um, Gold Moon is there with the Blue Crystal staff and all you know uh, um, originally Fizbin who um, spoiler for that book I guess we we later find out is actually uh, the god Paladine in one of his doddering old man forms um, had sort of arranged things to make introductions and, and set off the whole adventure. Um, their presence, uh, the time travelers, uh, Taz and, and Destinas, their presence in that scene didn't seem to be the thing that changed time, though. Like, when by the time they arrived, Fisbin should have already set things up and, and put things into motion, and those things weren't put into motion. So somehow time has already changed before they even traveled back in time. Well, I think part of it, too, is possibly uh, the Chaos Gem being in the picture, too. The Great Gem, I mean, yeah. Well, and to make, to make matters worse, um, the Great Gem at one point got what, partially broken and Chaos is starting to seep out of it. And now they've gone back in time with the Chaos, uh, the, 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 the Great Gem, which means that there's two gray gems in that time, at that moment. Um, and then they travel forward, but it's not the same group. Is it forward or backwards? Sorry, actually, they travel again. <laughs> Remind me. You were talking about when you go back in time to time of Yuma? Yeah, it must have been back in time. Oh, so yeah, it, yeah. Backwards instead of forwards, but now they have, it's not the same group that traveled originally, and the that's uh, the vice is broken. Yes. They travel back and, and um, they end up bringing Raceland and Sturm with them, right? Yeah. Um, and that is all kinds of an issue, right? We, we know the shenanigans that, that um, Raceland can get into and Sturm's got his connections to Huma and the Knights. Um, so there's all kinds of potential for issues there. Right. And I think the, um, I'll call it present day, the, at the time that they had left now kind of knows because of something to do with souls or something. So they, yes. Um, yes. The present day was the, the sort of their version of the, the, the Dragonlance version of like a God of the dead or whatever, some sort of keeper of souls, uh, guardian of the souls or whatever, like shows up to Karaman's house and is like, so, by the way, your brother's soul seems to be missing? I don't know. And this whole thing, like, there are people involved um, that, like, there's the Black Wizard up in the city. Um, no, 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 not Dalmar, the one that owns the shop. I guess he wasn't even a, a full Black Wizard yet, um, but the one that owns the shop and has all these artifacts and gave her all these magic items. Um, yeah. specifically wants the gray gem. Like, we don't actually even know if that whole story about humans not being able to change things is true. Um, it's very possible that humans can change things when they time travel, because our only frame of reference is this, this wizard who basically just wanted her to go get the gray gem for him. Um, and that was because there is a, some sort of other artifact that he has, this clock that, um, shows a certain number of years and only goes so far, but uh, the, at this one year in the relatively near future, like 20 years or something like that, I want to say, um, like everything goes crazy. 
right? <laughs> Some so, sort of giant dragon comes from space and there's uh, only one moon in the sky instead of three and um, everything changes. Uh, and it's basically like this apocalyptic event. So he wants the gray gem to sort of stop that. Reading the audiobook, I definitely had a hard time keeping track of what time different things were in. Mm. And I think it could have been really like I kept trying to think how I'd figure out what year we were actually in versus the clock versus mm. when X, Y, and Z happens. Uh, because the other thing we find out too is, um, so Taz had put the device of time journeying in the was it the High Wizard's Tower because he was like fond of using it I think is a way of putting it yeah one the lore keeper who keeps track of all of time itself decided to keep it and they've been using it for purposes of doing historical research right <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, and, and they there's very strong, if not explicit, uh, indication that Astinus is actually a god um, who's been there for ages, whatever. It's in, it's in, his, uh, in his library, not in the wizard's tower, but it was the wizard. Okay, yeah. uh, it was one of the wizards um, that convinced Taz to give it up after the events right. of the, the Legends series. Because the Legend series, spoiler for, for those as well, I suppose, also involves Taz using the uh, device of time journeying uh, and as well as Raceland and going back and doing all kinds of shenanigans uh, in the past. Um, right. Which is why like, Taz like, had it and knew how it worked. I, I hope it's not too spoilery for Loki, but the um, that whole idea of the, some person watching time and seeing it go out of sync and stuff like that totally brought me back to that no. Uh, Marvel series. No. Um, so, so there's a lot, and yeah. I, I I didn't feel like I was missing anything, not knowing all the rest of the stuff that happened. All yeah. I, I I just kept coming back to the question of like, why? Like I know there's all these other novels, so that was one thing. Was like, why this time? And it makes perfect sense to me too, though, because it's probably the series most people have read. Um, it also potentially can set up for we don't know what the future past present has in store now that they have made this big of a change to the whole time stream. I mean, it, it does feel a little bit like it. I don't know if I read a lot of comics, right? It feels a little bit like a, a DC crisis where we're just going to sort of reset the timeline and start over from scratch. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then. The other big thing that I felt reading it was I was actually excited at first because I was like, this, not that, I, and I know I've already touched on this, but like the the story being told around Destina felt like a story that I could actually buy into, like have, feel a deep connection to mm -hmm. and want to see it play out well and see how she handles being in that society. Mm -hmm. And then as it developed, I was like, oh, she's just a villain like Kitiara. Right. And 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 you had and hope. And like, I felt over that whole turn. Sure. And I was like, we're just going through this again. Right. I can't do this again. You 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 wanted it to be a particular sort of story, and it turns out that is so not like that is this at most the story of the first twenty five percent, and that all was only just a prologue to get into the other stuff. 
Well, and it's where, again, it's maybe a different character this time. She hasn't quite joined the dragon army and everything like like that. Right. And maybe there's still hope for and, and I don't go down that path again. Right. I don't feel like Destina is a character who is at risk of falling to the wiles of evil or whatever. Uh, I don't think that she'll join the dragon armies. I, I don't get the feeling that that's where she's going. Uh, because I don't feel like she's power hungry in the way that Kitiara, or not Kitiara, yeah, Kitiara uh, uh, was. Um, but she is incredibly selfish, right? And and I suppose if Takesis comes along and says, hey, I can save your dad, then she'd probably just jump right on board. No, but she has an equally strong motivation that's not power. It's saving her father. Right. And she's willing to risk everything literally everything right. to do this and that's oh. a villain story that oh, is yeah. totally a villain story and yeah <laughs> like i had to it took me a long time to get to this book because of the fact that I dealt a lot about with grief over the loss of a parent and my, i lost my dad like eight years ago so any and that changes someone mm-hmm. and anytime there's a story that focuses on it okay I only take a few loss, but yeah, no, and try to hold oh She deals with it a lot, and yeah, she was totally a villain, but because she's going through grief and she's she learn about this magical thing that can solve her, all her grief, which right. is well, but that's not a, but that's that's the thing, right? Is that she's not dealing with her grief, she's She's just wallowing in it and using it as a justification for doing whatever the hell she wants. Yeah, well, it was like, which which Forgotten Realms novel did we read where they he was pulling the moon so that he could provide shade? I think that was what it was. I thought it was a Forgotten Realms novel. It was like... It could be, but I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, and it was... So, like, some of the best villains in the world, they're not out there for power or stuff like that. They're doing something that... Sure if you were totally like away from it and you didn't really you don't think about the fact it's going to destroy the entire world it Mm -hmm. makes sense i can't walk on the beach with my brother or whatever it was um because the sun hurts uh, one of us Mm -hmm. so i'm going to block out the sun right and 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 make it so we can walk down the beach at least that one time and who cares about whoever gets hurt this is like this is what i need and so and i have the ability to do it so gosh darn it i'm gonna do it she's kind of too right like i want to save the world right she she definitely has a uh i don't know the more we talk about it the more i feel darth vader uh with her like she is she is anakin right now it's not it's not you know her her beloved that is past but instead it's it's her dad but other than that it you could definitely see the story following pretty much that exact trajectory and i'll be curious to see um because as i understand it as i recall from when they were writing these books they've written all of the books um so the books are done so they're not going to be like reacting to to our conversation or anybody else's um so it'll be interesting to see what path it takes at that point yeah. Me, I'm thinking of uh, Mr. Freeze from the DC Comics, where no. you have 
with his, his wife is frozen and he's doing all these crimes to save his wife. In this mm-hmm. case, this is you know, that. So yeah, so same sort of projector. But it's such a bigger scale. Like, Mr. Freeze is is at most going to hurt a bunch of people in the city of Gotham, right? Uh, yeah. She is literally threatening to unravel reality as we know it by taking... Yep the most powerful force of chaos in existence and, you know, just willy-nilly time-traveling with it because I never heard of a powerful cleric before who can, who can bring people back from the dead. <laughs> and, and those two guys he, she brought back with her, like, they're not important people at all, right? Like, they're not necessary for the the, the events that happened in right. our previous versions of the book. No. Well, and so arguably... She's already dramatically changed the events of the High Clarus Tower by removing Sturm from that story. Um, right. Of, I don't think that change in the events is going to save her dad. It probably is going to mean a lot more people die. Um, and removing Raceland from the story <coughs> changes the entire setting for for quite a while. One thing I do <laughs> find interesting about Sturm and Raceland going back to the time of, of Yuma is the fact that. I know that Sturm mentioned the fact that he had heard that Yuma had a mage friend, mm-hmm. or a good friend, and he couldn't believe it because how can a knight be friends with oh So now they're going to meet up with them, so maybe right. he, Sturm will learn that and change his ways towards his <laughs> reality, news towards Raceland. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it'll be... Uh, well, and, and we get into all kinds of, like, the time travel elements of this story were really just the end, right? It, most of the book wasn't about this time travel stuff. Um, the time travel stuff is, like, the big cliffhanger that leaves us wondering, like, oh, my gosh, how is this going to happen, right? Um, but it definitely begs the question, anytime there's time travel, right, there, there's a handful of ways that time travel can work in a narrative, um, and it begs the question is the questions about how time travel is going to work to their conception of events. Cause, cause at this point they've changed enough of the world that it should theoretically change the, fa- the idea that Taz ever got the device of time journeying, which then creates a paradox cause then they can't go back and do all this stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, what form time travel takes with them. Um, it will be interesting as well. Um, like, it's been interesting to read and see, okay, so so it's the same authors that wrote the original, what, 40 years ago. Um, and it's interesting to see, like, how much they recognize the parts of the story that they created and the world that they created that don't really stand up um, in terms of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable um, in modern society. Yeah, um, well, because, like, who did Tika marry? Caramon. Caramon, yeah. Yeah. So Caramon is, is kind of like a primary caretaker of the... The, at least the toddler, right? If I remember, like, a lot of it was Tika might be going and helping with some stuff more than Caramon would. And that I could be. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And I noticed, like, like, like that, 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 that changed the yeah. world a little bit more and still, but 
don't directly contradict anything that was right. there, right? And and they've, um, I feel like they've done some. They, as much as I don't like how it happened, they've brought in uh, people, more characters from Urgoth, and so they brought in more more people of color to the story. Arguably, our main character is a person of color, um, because of that heritage. Um, I noted that even when they went back to the end of the last home, they've kind of completely avoided dealing with the Native American analogs that they had kind of dealt with in a, in a bit of a ham handed way uh, in the first several books. Um, and I wonder if uh, I, I don't get the honestly, I don't know how you address that. So I think it looks to, to me like their solution is we're just going to avoid it. Uh, in, in these stories um, because we, you know, because I think they recognize that, like, they didn't necessarily portray that culture very well um, and rather than double down on it they're just going to get out they're going to hit escape <laughs> no, so. but they don't <laughs> want to contradict the stories they've already told and people well, and it's a super tricky thing, kind of like what we talked about in the episode where we did the surprise round, that um, you, you do have this group of people who love the lore as it was, and to them will always be, and it has to be that way, versus, um, you know, folks who want the, who are more used to the D&D that has been released as part of 5th edition, mm-hmm. where we, we don't necessarily limit people like limit characters based on gender and stuff like that right well so, and i and i'll i wonder because because i definitely get the impression i get the feeling that if you are enamored with or you love the the original stories and the original lore of Dragonlands, i don't think you're going to find anything in this book that is particularly challenging to you because i felt like they mostly just avoided the mistakes of the past rather than changing things or addressing them great and then that and then becomes interesting when you compare that to the source the to the current the D related products right. which it's hard to imagine how you could go from these novels into there because they're not written the same like the right. cultures and stuff's dramatically different enough that you if if you what if what you want is to play the same story and yet you go to this adventure and there are all these female knights of Salamia and stuff and there's no questioning of it and it's not not enough times passed yet right for right. it to be i mean there is the possibility that at the end of this series right <laughs> enough changes that happen that well that leads to the new Dragonlance that was published so and the i have no idea <laughs> If you follow the continuity, so, uh, you know, as I recall our, our discussion from the, the adventure, um, it has always been legally allowed for women to become knights, but it was sort of culturally taboo, and so it just never happened. And then Loriana, uh, in the original series, sort of changed that taboo and became a knight because she had to be in order to lead the armies and whatever, um, or something like that. Um, and it was sort of at that point in the War of the Lands and, and in the years afterwards that that started to change. So by the time most of this book takes place, 
it would have actually been, according to that supposition, um, would have been acceptable for women to become knights. It may not have been widely known. It may have been rare at that point. Um, but it seemed, especially by the time most of the shenanigans take place, uh, which is after Legends, uh, and I don't remember how long the events of Legends take place after the War of the Lands because time travel happened. Um, so it's possible that not much time happened between the War of the Lands and them returning to, to the existing right. timeline. There's, there's no, as far as I remember, there's no women at arms, like part of the men at arms. None of them yeah. are women. They all seem to be men. Like, there's no place, unless, the, unless you... Unless they end up saying that wherever Destina was living is just a small backwater and everything else was different, but even when they go into the city, it's right. not really different. The the, and I'm not saying that they couldn't be. Or it just it just wasn't happening. And yet you go to an adventure, and the one of the the main characters that you end up inter, NPCs you end up interacting with is a female native Salami, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. I I just don't. I'm I'd love to see it actually happen. People who read this novel they're like i want to play dragonlance maybe they hadn't read past ones and then they open the source book today and try to play that adventure and i'd love to just see how it plays out right like well because if if this is your gateway into if this in in the original in the first six books are sort of your gateway into dragonlance and then you pick up the adventure like one of the main story points of this book is that she can't become a knight because she's a woman. Right. And, and that is blatantly contradicted um, yeah, throughout no, the entirety of the adventure. I, right. I'm, you, you begin the adventure yeah. pretty much with a contradiction. So it's right. like, okay, so what, what world am I playing in? And I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just, it's very, I, wa- I want to see how it plays out because it's a really nice, like, right. not nice, but it's an interesting thing to think through and, and to see how, what actually happens. Well, and it'll be interesting. So especially now that they're time traveling, there is actually potential for them to change the things that they don't like that they did in the original stories. Uh, at least some of them. Um, so we'll see how, what they do with that. We'll see like wizards made a decision towards the end of the Forgotten Realms novel lines, um, at least before they shut it down for a year or two and then and then started selling just Bob Salvatore books, um, which are now licensed. It's all thing. Um, but by the time they got to that point in D&D with novels and games, they had sort of given up on the idea of having a shared continuity. Um, you can see it in the um, in the Out of the Abyss adventure that they put out for fifth edition, which has a specific event taking place where the demons uh, are running rampant all over the Underdark, um, and it ends in a very specific way. But then that exact same event took place in a Bob Salvatore Drist book, and ended in a completely different way. Uh, and it was at that point that they clearly made a decision that, that they're no longer going to even try to have a shared continuity between the novels and the game. Um, so there's a degree to which that is addressed, yeah. but they haven't been doing a lot of novels. So 
Well, and, the, and and I mean, technically, Wizards didn't do these novels either, right? They're licensed, and they had right. gotten the license for it. And then there was a lawsuit because they Wizards even tried to, to kill the novels, right? That, 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 is, that is the argument that Weiss and Eckman made. I, yeah. I, am, I am neither a lawyer, nor nor do I know the whole story. Allegedly. Like, yes. it felt like they were trying to shelve them, and that's why there was a lawsuit. And then they eventually, I think, settled the lawsuit, and they were able to continue... But part of what came out was that there was a lot of back and forth of notes. Yes. Um, and 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 what they wanted to potentially wanted to see or not see. So, and we don't know what any of that stuff is. Right. But having now read the novel and then also see where they're trying to go with fifth edition, it is I I, I want to know more. And right. I know that's all like salacious gossip and stuff like that. Yep. So I'm trying not to go too far. But it was very interesting with that backdrop. Yeah, no, that that all occurred to me. Like, like how much of the significantly different depiction of the world, like they both still feel like Dragonlance to me in very real ways. Um, but how much of that divergence in the depiction of the world was the point of contention? Like, wizards just wanted them to to like let's just this is the world now. We need you to depict the world in that way, and they're like, well, we can't abandon the canon that we've written for all these years, um, you know, and then we'll see with all these time travel shenanigans, if they, if th their novel ends up being the explanation of how the world and why the world changed. Yeah. And then, and again, and I'm not trying to drag it out, but also the whole controversy, and this is not a news show, so we're allowed to have opinions here. The <laughs> controversy over creative teams that were involved with the source book because they're, because they weren't involved in it as much. Right. And that, that we had talked about in the last episode. Yeah. In that episode about the surprise round. So, yeah. It's, it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested enough to continue reading these, the, this, this series and finding out where it goes. Um, I, I, I don't like the main character. She's not a good protagonist to me or for me. Uh, but there's a lot of characters I do like. There's a lot of events and, and ex ex places to explore that I like. Um, so I'm, I'm on board. Every time I think they're forming a party, the, then it turns out they're not. Like I thought that dwarf was going to end up joining her for a while and, and becoming a member of the party, but it was just for that, that one little moment. And then ultimately, I guess it doesn't even matter if you have a party, because I don't know if you, you noticed this, there was zero combat in the entire story other than like the the people invading the the estate at the beginning um this was this is not yeah. a, co well, a combat a heavy adventure story yeah. this is where i'm like compared to the first six books the dragon's chronicles and dragon's legend this book is a very different in feel because the other books are ensemble groups they there are many characters mm -hmm. from as a party doing something and compared to this one, which is really one character with side characters joining in and out. Well, that's what it's a totally different feel. It's still in the Dragon Dance Marvel, but it's a totally different feel book-wise. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. which, yeah. All right, any other last thoughts? She wrote a dragon to go deliver, what was it? It was a very anticlimactic riding a dragon in that novel. Yeah. It was just... It, dragon <laughs> riding was just flying from one place to the other was just like a 
picking a plane. The, the dragon <laughs> served as, as a fast travel mechanism, right? Yeah, we went through a lot of like, oh, there's all these different saddles and all this other stuff mm -hmm. too. Yeah, we're tra instead of traveling by map, we're just going to travel by dragon. Right. Yep. Although I like the dragon character. No, dragon character is great. I liked the, 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 there was a lot of interesting depictions of the wizards, um, of the various towers, and, and we got some interesting information about how that works, and um, was it Dalimar, and who's the white? I don't remember now. He was the white um, through the most of the books, too. Um, most of the previous books, I should say. Um, but, but there's a lot of interesting sort of uh, shenanigans between that and then the magic shop owner who's not technically one of the wizards but wants to be which is also interesting because probably would be a black robe wizard but Dalimar is sort of the head of the black robe wizards and clearly doesn't like the guys so. yeah so I enjoyed all of that I enjoyed those those stories I enjoyed the the depiction of that I, I got by the time I got halfway through the book, I was really enjoying the book. I didn't like her as a character, but I was enjoying the book. Um, I actually like. I think I said this at the beginning. If if all of them had been read, I don't know what was different exactly about the style, but I could read this one a lot and listen to this one a lot better than I could the originals. Yeah. Well, in fairness, uh, like they're they're also much more accomplished and experienced writers now too. So yeah, turns out experience matters. <laughs> So yeah, so I was like, I, I don't mind. I, I, I will be on board for reading the next one, although I'll probably get my heart broken. <laughs> well. uh, and I'll know it because, but who knows? Maybe they'll surprise me. Yep. All right. Well, if there's no other last thoughts, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. I have one last question. On the Why air, should I Dragons... stop the recording? No, no, it's okay. Why was Dragons of Deceit? She, dece she deceived the uh, Tass. I know, but she wasn't a dragon. <laughs> well, there's a naming convention. Um, which, which they've already abandoned. Because it was Dragons of Something Season. So yeah. Autumn Twilight, Spring Dawning, Winter's Something, Summer's Flame was a, a follow-up book that came way later. Um, after all the main characters were dead, I think. So yeah, so it had to be dragons of something. We only really met one dragon in this story. They're not really... One was fly-by and the other one was the... Was it gold? Was it gold? I think so. Well, we have the, the, the bronze or whatever that she rides. Oh yeah, that one. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember which metallic, but it was a metallic. So yeah. It was a bronze or a copper, I think. But, but the, the, the only dragon we really got to know was not deceitful at all, but she was super deceitful. Um, and again, the, the wizard that sends her on the mission to get the Grey Gem very well could be super deceitful, because I still am not convinced that she needed the Grey Gem at all. She could have just gone, traveled back in time, and the Grey Gem was unnecessary, unless there's something from the Legend series that I forgot. So maybe she's a dragon. That's the only op op option. So does that mean, well, maybe, or a half-dragon? Is her mom a dragon? It, it has definitely been established in Dragonlance lore that you can be a dragon in human form. Yep. And, and carry on a relationship. 
And maybe she has amnesia and just doesn't remember. Ooh. She's an amnesiac dragon. Interesting. I want to read that story, uh, I say. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Jack Dragon. Uh, I hope that's where it goes, because that would be super deceitful and dragonish. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. It is time to say goodnight. I do want to, uh, so so I want to say thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash the Tome Show. I want to say send out a special thank you to Doug Palmer, Hyperlexic, James Alessio, Jill Sanders, Leonard Pelshay, Michael Harrison, and new patron Sam Thompson. And if you'd like to contact us, you can send us email, thetomeshow at gmail.com. You can find me uh, on Twitter at sarahdarkmagic with an H and sarahdarkmagic.com. You can find Jeff on Twitter at Squatch, S-Q-U-A-C-H. Eric, where can fi- folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Eric M. Pack. Also, you can find me on Mastodon, on Eric M. Pack at Dice.Camp. So. I am also Squatch at Dice.Camp on Mastodon. I'll eventually figure out Mastodon when my personal oh, like it was it was way too much work to get Mastodon figured out to get it set up. But once it's set up, it's fine. Yeah, I will figure that part out. And the the show is on Twitter at the Tome Show, and you can find us on Facebook, Patreon, and Discord. And sometimes when it's all working correctly, <laughs> right. you can watch live at, on Twitch at Twitch.tv/TomeShow. Show notes and other great shows are at thetomeshow.com. Uh, And that is our thoughts on Dragons of Deceit. Up next in February, we will be reading Empire of Exiles. Until then, keep turning the page, Tomites. I'm also lost.